We are here back in Edmonton, Alberta uh, for another Screwing Covers podcast episode. This time, not with a Mason, but with somebody who had involvement with the Masonic Lodge recently, which I was lucky enough to take part in. And I thought it was something really cool. I want to have him on the, the podcast to talk not only about that involvement, but also his um, uh, Edmonton Brewing, his, uh, his company he just started and kind of the connection there and also just about his passion for for brewing alcohol for brewing alcohol for brewing beer in particular can you brew alcohol or is it just like it's, it's, distilling, it's similar-ish process but it's a distilling so it's not brewing it's distilling distilling perfect all right so jason gold thank you so much for being here well thanks cam i appreciate uh, coming on so before um I guess, yeah, the, the reason I'm having you on is I discovered through, through my contacts the uh, Edmonton Lodge virtual beer and cheese night, which I thought was, and beer, cheese, and meat night, I should say, which was a blast. I really loved attending it. And I thought it was just a really interesting idea and a really interesting event that both Masonic Lodges, but also any group that's kind of being forced to meet virtually right now, uh, can engage in because I know there's a big push in Masonic circles to find ways to keep membership engaged while we're meeting virtually, while we're not able to meet in person. So can you talk a bit about kind of on your end, setting up that night, what that night was and how you went about working with Edmonton Lodge? So it basically what happened is one of the, uh, one of the honorable members was uh, he uh, reached out to me saying, hey, I want to do a wine and cheese, but guys typically don't like wine. They prefer beer. Well, is there something that you can do with your new brewery to make this happen? So um, I talked with, uh, I, is he the junior or the senior warden there? I don't know, uh, Mike. Mike uh, brother, it's a junior warden. Junior warden, yeah. So, um, you know, I was talking with him uh, about uh, about things and um, I said, yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of people think that uh, wine and cheese, they, they pair very well, but a lot of people don't realize that there's so many, you know, a million different types of beer out there and they can easily be paired with, with different, uh, different meats, different cheeses, different, uh, different things, the same way a sommelier would do it. So I said, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's put together an event and uh, and I can choose some beers that, uh, and some, uh, some pairings of, uh, some charcuterie and uh, and cheese that will pair off extremely well with them and uh, and go forward. And you know, one thing uh, uh, to mention is, you know, like for, for myself, this is a bit out of my wheelhouse because I don't drink myself. I was uh, enjoying Virgin Caesars during the night, but I still <laughs> found it just really interesting to learn about the brewing, the distilling process how the different meats pair with the different cheeses, pair with the beer. You know, it's something that even if you don't drink yourself, it's still an enjoyable night because it's, you know, getting a chance to learn, getting a chance to hear about somebody who's passionate about something, explain the process, right? That's a really cool thing. And that came through in your presentation. It was clear that you cared about the distilling process and pairing these things. So it was a lot of fun, even for somebody who doesn't drink beer necessarily. Yeah, right. Like it's for me. I've been a I've been a fan of beer for forever. I've probably had a total of two bottles of wine in my entire life, 
um, you know, complete from you know, start to end, right? So for 20 plus years of eligible to drink by law, I've had two bottles of, of wine total. And I've probably drank a thousand kegs worth of beer, right? Different styles. So, you know, for me, I, I much prefer the taste of beer, the flavors, the styles of it. Uh, when it comes to alcoholic beverages and a lot of people are scared of it. They're like, Oh, it's too bitter. It's, it's hoppy. It's, it's, no, I just don't like the flavors, but there's a flavor of beer for everyone. Right. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. There's something within beer and the, the process of it that you're going to like, right. If you don't like bitter beers, well, what about a fruit? If you don't like fruity stuff, what about a crisp clean something? Right. So there's, there's, a thousand different types of beers out there for you, uh, for you to try. And, you know, my goal is to try each and every one of them. Right. The, the, what you talked about there, um, that's something I really enjoyed during the, the virtual beer tasting event. You talked about kind of the, the different flavors and the process that goes into creating those different flavors at the distilling process and, you know, deciding, mm -hmm on the type of, of hops and, and ingredients, it really is such an interesting combination, the distilling process between kind of science and, and art. There's a science aspect to it um, and there's kind of the art of, of crafting these flavors. Can you talk a little bit about that? Just how much of, of your work is trial and error? Uh, how much of it is a science? How much of it is an art? Kind of how do you put your own spin on flavors and creating different flavors? So with that, it's, it's, it's a science backed art, right? So um, I, I, there's science in everything, you know, the temperatures that, uh, that you brew at, you know, the, how long you leave it in, well, what, what type of uh, chemical compounds do you, uh, do you take out of either the grains, the hops, the fruits, whatever you might add to the beer, um, you know, the strains of the yeasts. Uh, will change so there's a ton of organic chemistry involved with it but at the end of the day it's also creativity on well what happens if I add I don't know black cherry to you know to some uh, some chocolate flavored uh, malts to this to that right what kind of flavor profiles are you going to get out of that right so you know how how does that all come together and that's where the the creativity and the fun comes out of it is the art around it. The science is, is back there to make sure that the brews are consistent and the flavor is the same from one batch to the next to the next. You got to know the science around that, but the art is on how you combine essentially four ingredients, you know, malt, uh, water, sugar, or, or malt, water, hops, and yeast. Um, you know, those are the four ingredients in beer essentially and how you, uh, how you combine those four ingredients in multiple different ways and methods now will do to uh, get you a completely different beer, right? I can use the exact same grains, uh, exact same yeast strain, um, and the uh, same hop strand. And if I change the water and add some salts to it or, or different things uh, within it, uh, different minerals, it changes the profile from a super sweet beer to an extremely bitter beer that has no, uh, that, uh, that's got an, uh, an off-putting taste just by adding salt to the water, right? So it's, it's amazing what you can do with four ingredients and create a thousand different types of beer.
Now, you're going back to kind of what you were talking about at the start, um, you know, you mentioned that you, you, you know, in terms of alcohol or just in terms of something you love, it's, it's beer and you love the flavors and, and, you know, your goal is to try every beer. So I wish you best luck along that goal. But I, what, I'll never get there, but. It's, it's good to shoot for the stars, you know, it's good to <laughs> shoot for the stars. I guess, what was the, the impetus behind, because that's something I, I admire when anybody does it is taking something that you love and then trying to go from the thing you love to turning it into a profession or a career or a business, you know, Edmonton Brewing. What was the, the impetus to, to take that next step and um, how has it been going? So COVID, everything kind of revolves around COVID the last year and a bit. So um, I was let go from my uh, original sales job uh, in March of last year. Um, you know, I was doing some outside sales for some uh, um, uh, trades, uh, trade supplies. And uh, during uh, about four or five months before that, uh, I was going to a local brewery here in town quite regularly. A friend of mine had, was running the tap room and I saw how horribly ran it was, right? I've got a lot of operations and a lot of management experience. And I just saw that this brewery was just ran poorly, so to speak. There was multiple things I could have done within it to, to make it operational or uh, better operational and, uh, and more profitable. So I started creating a business plan for it. Um, once that business plan, uh, was created, you know, I spent two, three months creating a business plan. I went to that brewery and asked, Hey, you know, can I, I want to buy the brewery because I feel I can, I can make it way more streamlined and way more efficient and way more profitable. And the numbers that he came back with were, uh, unrealistic. Let's just put it that way. So I'd already started the business plan. So I said, why not start brewing some beer? So here in Alberta, we're allowed to do what's called a liquor agency, which is basically a contract brewer. So I would go to the other breweries in, in Alberta because we've got a pretty strong, uh, well-knit group of craft breweries in town uh, and across the province and said, hey, you know, can you brew some, uh, some beer for me? And they said, yeah, sure. And you know, created the recipe. We brewed it and put it out on the market. So that's how everything you know, the, the history of Edmonton Brewing and Malting started. So there's some deeper dive into that if you want to go in, but that's, that's the nutshells of it, so to speak. I just think, yeah, it's, it's, it's always a good thing. And when somebody, you know, takes, takes a chance on something that they care about and, and, you know, creating a business plan isn't easy. I can only imagine the actual brewing process itself, right? As you talked about, it's a science-backed art. So, you know, having to be precise and careful at the start is with the brewing process, like all of that, I have no doubt takes uh, an immense amount of work. So the fact that you did that and then started this business, even starting this business during COVID, um, you know, I can only imagine the challenges that, that you're facing there. Well, the biggest challenge I found, I, I've never brewed beer in my life ever right i'm just a connoisseur i'm just a guy that enjoys beer and knows what goes into it and how to make that happen but i never brewed you know, a batch before last month i've never brewed any home brew i've never done anything like that 
So it was just on my knowledge of what I wanted in beer, how I wanted it to happen and created a business uh, moving forward with that. Right. So, you know, the, the science and the operations and, and the business know-how I've, I've ran businesses for 15 years. Um, not necessarily the owner, sometimes the owner, sometimes not, but you know, when you run it, you can, you know, the operation side of the business is easy, right. And the sales side, I've been doing sales for a long time. So that was easy. I just, didn't know the ins and the outs of the uh, of the brewing and that's been a crash course over the last six seven months on what what goes into brewing how does it actually happen you know why do we do certain things like you know we fill this this tube up with sanitizer right now to to make sure that when we push stuff from x you know, from one spot to the other that things are clean right and we don't get any um, bacteria in there so it, it can offset the, you know, the smells the tastes the textures of the beer right little things like that right you know we fill this one up we don't need to fill that that tube up you know we do we add little tiny you know, uh, irish moss to the uh, to the brew at this point in time you know to prevent it from uh, from over boiling you know and you know this and that right so it's like the little things within it that I just, I thought you just put the four things in, you know, threw it all together in one pot, let it sit there for, you know, and boil for an hour, hour and a half and color a day, right? But there's there's so much more involved within that uh, to make sure that that product is is top, top quality um, and that people enjoy it, right? That there's no, you know, green apple taste or, you know, meaty taste or all these other, you know, chemical compounds that can, form within it if it's not done you know properly in the proper forms right so it's it's been a huge huge learning curve for someone who's never actually brewed a beer in his life so so talking about some of the things uh you learned going back to the science part of it you know i'm fascinated by you know just kind of the process because uh i'm sure it's just you know a little change or a little modification can make a huge difference in taste. So what are some of the, the, the things that you're considering? Like if you're trying to make say a, a more bitter beer versus one that has more floral or lighter versus darker, like what are some of the, the, the keys to brewing um, these different types of beers and different flavors? So I've found now over the last little bit and I'm relatively new to this, you know, the first thing is in your malt bill. So your fermentables, um, you want to have three different types of malt in whatever you're doing, a minimum, right? So if there's one or two, then you get a very, very flat flavor palette, so to speak, right? So the malt gives you the flavor. Um, the hops give you aroma and bitterness within it, um, uh, in it. And the yeast uh, determines uh, what kind of, texture of the, the beer is going to have is kind of the, the easiest way to kind of explain it right so three different types of malt minimum with each whether or not you use you know, three different types of barley whether you use barley oats um, wheat right um, or whether you use uh, adjunct fermentables some rice malt um, that type of thing right so you know minimum of three there um, usually I want uh, two uh, two types of hops if not three types of hops as well just to make sure that, that there's some complexity to it, right? And so instead of it being, you know, very one-dimensional beer, like you would find in a 
uh, Bud Lights or, you know, a Canadian Coors where they're very, very one dimensional. There isn't a lot of flavor within it, not a lot of texture, not a lot of aroma. Um, you know, they're using very, very minimal, uh, minimal uh, ingredients within it. Um, yeah, so, you know, the bitterness, you know, the earlier you add the hops to your kettle, the more bitter your beer is going to be. The more, the higher, they call it alpha, alpha acids, um, the higher those uh, content in your, um, in your hops, the more bitter your beer is. The later you add, the less bitter your beer becomes. So, you know, you can use the exact same, you know, hops profile in two separate beers. You add, uh, add the hops profile earlier in your brew. It's more bitter. You add it later. It's way more floral and, and aromatic. So, you know, those are some pretty easy ways to do that. And your strain of yeast that you use, there's hundreds of different types of, uh, of yeast, whether you use a standard uh, ale yeast, whether you use a Saison yeast, a lager yeast, um, you know, a Kolsch yeast, um, or even some sour yeast, uh, yeasts like a lactobacillus or a petrobacillus. So I you know there's, there's a bunch of different styles of, uh, of that. And those, those impart different textures and play, uh, different textures of your beer. So. And then the science of the pairings was something that was really interesting. Um, you know, thinking about how to pair, uh, different beers, <laughs> And their, their, their flavors with, with the different cheeses and, and the meats. That was something that, that I thought was really cool as well. Um, when you started Edmonton Brewing, uh, did you have any, any thoughts as to like these beer and cheese nights and, and pairing up with the different, you know, local food producers, um, local farms, uh, to kind of combine the two and, and have these type of tastings. And also when you were pairing the beers with the cheeses and the meats, what type of considerations go into that? Okay, so it's uh, our, our original business plan was to sell to restaurants and pubs, right? All in keg form, but COVID put a hampering on that. Here in Alberta, we're down to three or six people to a table um, and there's a curfew at 10 o'clock, right? The bar's last call is 10 o'clock instead of two o'clock like normal. So our ability to sell our beer dropped. So it was kind of a pivot halfway in between. I had originally thought of doing a beer club where uh, I give a four pack uh, of beer out uh, to, um, to anyone that would join into this, uh, this beer club each month. And so this beer uh, tastings kind of, morph that beer club into something else where I take four different beers uh, right now due to our capacity we're partnering up with different other um, local breweries in town uh, within the craft industry one of mine and one of three other uh, breweries in a four-pack you know, combining right so um, the concept around this it can pivot to us doing four unique beers each month and doing a tasting accordingly with the with the you know, pairings of, of meat and cheeses. So that's, that's kind of how this all morphed. I, I'd already been thinking about it before, uh, before the lodge uh, reached out to me and said, let's, uh, let's do this. Um, but, you know, after this, it was a test with you guys to see if it worked. And I think it went, uh, went off amazingly. So, you know, I plan on doing more and more and more of these because it just, the, the feedback that I got out of it with the information above and beyond just the, 
know, here's four beers, here's four cheeses, here's four meats. Um, there was way more, uh, way more involved within the, uh, within the, uh, zoom meeting, I guess. Um, so it turned out really well, um, in regards to the, the pairings of the meat and the cheeses to the beers, like, uh, for me, I've been, I've been eating charcuterie with, uh, with some, uh, my, my sports team quite regularly. We'd go, uh, we'd always go out and, you know, there's some, uh, some of my friends make their own, you know, uh, smoke jerky and that type of thing. We'd sit down and have some beers together. And I've always thought, well, there's enough charcuterie out there that tastes differently to, with each, uh, each environment that it wouldn't be that hard to find four different types of meat that can fit in with, uh, four different types of, uh, beer. So I, I went out and, and, uh, found a local, uh, local small, uh, boutique butchery that, uh, that had some, you know, 10 different uh, styles of meat. And we sat together, uh, and tried some beer and tried the, uh, the meat out and found, uh, found out which ones fit, uh, fit each other the best. And, uh, I went to a local, uh, cheesemonger here in town as well and said, where, what kind of cheeses you, know, you think would work with this stuff? And so we tried six or eight cheeses and we brought them all together. And it seemed like um, after extensive research, AKA drinking beer and eating cheese and eating meat, we found some pairings. That's that good really, research. Nothing yeah, wrong with that. You, know, you, you got to put the time and effort in to make sure that these things work out. Right. And, and if that involves drinking some beer and eating some cheese and meat, I, I think, you know, I, I'm willing to lay my life down on the line for that. Right. So it was, uh, it was fun. It was a good, uh, uh, good experience. And, you know, with the, with, from what I've heard from everyone, they, they thought that the pairings worked really well together. They, um, you know, we, we, whether we did it with textures or flavors or, um, or uh, other aspects, right. Aromas that could, uh, could match across it seemed like all the, uh, the pairings seemed to work really, really well together. So, um, the, uh, the guys from the hall seemed to be very, very happy with it. The, um, the, yeah, the, the, what I found so interesting about, about it, uh, and you mentioned it was, you know, how local everything was the, you know, you mentioned that the, the meats, especially you said they all came from, a, a you know, a local business. I think it was a hundred kilometers, if I recall correctly. You said yeah. everything from so just everything you know, like hundred k, yeah. So it's you know it's a local brewery um, sourcing from farms within a hundred kilometers of, of Edmonton. Um, I think that especially now we, we talk about COVID a lot, and I think every province and every city is really stressing the importance of supporting local businesses right now during lockdowns, during, you know, restrictions on being able to go out and eat, you know, whether it be ordering in or virtual events, such as the beer and cheese night, I guess just, you know, as a, from your perspective, someone you started a business during, during COVID, um, just, you know, getting a support from a Masonic temple, um, but also just the importance of supporting local, especially right now when everybody's being hit by restrictions and limitations. Well, with, especially with the local craft area in Edmonton, like, you know, I, I couldn't do what I'm doing without the help of, of local craft breweries. So 
Um, first off, the the three uh, additional breweries that we had uh, had beer for um, SYC Brewing or Sick Brewing here in Edmonton, Sea Change Brewing, and Analog Brewing. All three of them, you know, offered the beer at a discounted rate for us. So, you know, for this event, so they gave us all the beer at about fifty percent for us to work together. Um, the brewers and the um, the the brewers in there sat down and we talked and we. You know, we sit down and have a beer together and talk about different recipes. So, you know, to create that, keep that creativity together. And, and out of it, we've got some collaborations happening with, uh, uh, with one or two of the, the breweries. Um, Omen Brewing here in town as well. They, you know, without their canning line, uh, I wouldn't have been able to can the beer to get uh, my beer to get out to, uh, to this uh, program. So, you know, sat there in their back, uh, back cannon beer out of my own off their equipment, right? So this, this brewing, you know, craft brewery, local brewing market here in Edmonton is so interwoven and, and tight, uh, tight-knit community. Everyone supports everyone else, right? There's enough market and capacity out there off the big guys, the, uh, the InBev, the Bat group, and the Molson Coors group that, you know, they've got 80% of the market sewn up. And us other guys are 20%. So the more we stick, stick together and band together and the more capacity we can take from the, uh, the big players, you know, the better off everyone is. You, know, you get better quality beer, more selection, and everyone lifts everyone else's boats, right? So that's what we're you know, in this area. And just to partner with other local businesses to make sure that they're still successful uh, moving forward, right? You know, everyone's, everyone's hit hard and a lot of these smaller places, you know, like the the Italian center that uh, that we got our cheese from, you know, they've got two locations in Edmonton, but they're they're really struggling hard, you know, to uh, make sure that uh, things keep going because people are turning towards Instacart and Walmart and Savon that are all delivering, and the little guys just don't have the opportunity to do that, right? Um, the Bazdar uh, Butchery that we got the all the meat from this time, you know, they. They purposely uh, shut down their uh, operations uh, due to COVID, and and they're not doing as much production. So, um, so the exclusivity goes up and up because they're concerned about stuff. But you know how else uh, they need the they you need the product in order to sell. So it's tough, you know, tough figuring out and judging what the market's going to do you know, with uh, in a unknown time frame i guess right now absolutely yeah and that's not to say you know uh myself you know i was not saying i recognize and understand why why the, the lockdowns or restrictions are in place and i understand that you know it's challenging for the government to try to balance these different priorities but even within a restricted environment there are ways to you know support local uh you know here in windsor we have takeout tuesdays um where you know the mayor is encouraging everybody at least once a week if you can to support a local restaurant by ordering takeout from them and if possible not using you know one of the apps which take money off but going right to the the source and we just on you know today is may 1st we just opened the farmer's market um which is all local products being sold uh, you know, from around here. So, uh, you know, it might take uh, the consumer, you know, slightly more work to 
go to a restaurant to pick up takeout as opposed to using Uber Eats or an app like that, but really for that little bit of work. Or even, you know, it's a little bit of work to organize a virtual beer and cheese night, but the benefits that the local economy will see, I think is well worth it because eventually we're going to come out of this. And when we do, we want, you know, as many businesses, uh, small businesses, local businesses to make it out the other side kind of with us. Well, specifically towards this, uh, you know, this event that I did with the hall uh, or with the temple there. Um, I've already gotten three, um, three collaborations out of it. So where we're doing a, a beer for a, a restaurant, a food truck restaurant and catering business. You know, that's going to be a design for their market. You've got another one where someone wants to run their own line of beer and another one where a guy wants to, uh, wants to contract brew out a specific recipe uh, to his and give it away as a gift for, uh, for all of his clients. Right. So, I'm already looking out of this, you know, if, if everything comes to fruition out of it, I'm looking at $15,000, $20,000 worth of profit, uh, sales just off of a small, you know, 30 person gathering. So, you know, and that's minimal right now. So it just, it's really wonderful seeing what these, these networking events can do for, you know, if, if you've got a small business or not, right. Just, just being in the same room and explaining what you do and how you do it allows other people to have that creative, Hey, we can work together and do something, uh, something amazing between us both. Right. And I think that that's another reason why, you know, with the, uh, with the Masonic temples that uh, that's a big part of what you guys do as, as an outsider. Right. Absolutely. I mean, the, you know, the average, at every meeting, the junior warden, uh, Toffin in this case, but at every junior warden, one thing you know he's supposed to be doing is making sure that there's refreshments either before or after meeting, right? And those refreshments often will come from a local supplier uh, or a local business. So you know, if you're, uh, you're meeting once, most lodges will meet twice a month, once for a meeting, once for a degree. So yeah, so that's two times a month that you're having food catered in from a local restaurant or from wherever it may be. Um, but yeah, I, I think the the impact that a Masonic Lodge or temple can have on a the local businesses is something that is sometimes overlooked. But uh, is you know, like you said, you know, it can a little thing can lead to fifteen, twenty thousand in profits uh, from these smaller events. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm very happy, and because of how well it went, I've already got my my next one planned, uh, my next beer and cheese planned, which is with a uh, a REIT here in town. So they're they're putting on a, a tech a, a tech and a tasting, they call it. So they're going to talk about uh, real estate investment technology changes, and uh, in between, you know, I'm gonna we're gonna have four beers and. I'm going to talk to them about what the bill, what's in the beers and how they, uh, how they match with the cheese. And, and then it's going to get taken away by other people to talk about technology. So that's where, that's the next one. And then after that, maybe we turn it, uh, open it up to the, uh, to the general public and say, who wants to, who wants to be a part of this? So. And I would encourage everybody to, everybody in, uh, well, I would encourage everybody to work on one of these events in, um, Edmonton, Alberta specifically, or really, I'm sure, you know, you could work outside of Edmonton, deliver, um, 
you know, around to different places, uh, I would encourage everybody to, yeah, to consider contacting uh, Edmonton Brewing to set up one of these events because I had a great time and I know that the, the lodge members did as well. And it was, it seems like it was very well organized. And super, it, it went off very, very well. There, there was some hiccups. We were supposed to have a brewery tour, but uh, as I'm doing contract brewing, you know, the, uh, the place that we had set up with, which is going to be the newest brewery in the, uh, the Edmonton area at 70 acres, they, um, they ran into some hiccups. So they, they weren't able to allow me uh, into their space to have a, uh, have a sit down and go through a Zoom meeting and you know, show all the equipment and what happens at each, uh, each stage of the brewing, uh, brewing process. But you know, once we've got our own location, you know, doing a brewery tour is super, uh, would be super simple and easy to do. So. And yeah, and, and once those hiccups are, are solved, that's just another, that's just another uh, benefit. But the night itself was great. And even without that tour, it was really, it was really fun. Without giving away any of your uh, trade secrets, is there a, like, what would you say is your most popular uh, uh, recipe, the, the, the most popular brew that you have? Um, and are you working on any new types of brews or new products? So we've got... Um... Our, our amber ale, the Klondike Cake Golden Amber Ale that you guys, uh, that the guys have tried out, um, that is, it's, it's very difficult to keep it on tap um, in rotating taps. So someone will order a keg of it and it's gone in two, three days. Um, very, very, very well received. Um, but we're expecting that our strawberry rhubarb pie beer is going to be uh, going to outsell it by double during the summer. So a very, you know, it tastes exactly like a, a strawberry rhubarb pie at a local pie shop here in town. So we, you know, we're going to be naming it after that pie shop as a collaboration. And, you know, I had one sip of the beer and then a bite of the, uh, of the pie. And it was the exact same flavor profile and texture, you know, in a glass. So we're expecting once the summer hits that that's going to fly off the shelves and we're not going to be able to keep it on. So. So that's an exciting one that's uh, coming forward. Um, very cool. Yeah, right. And you know, this uh, uh, this collaboration that we had with uh, with one of the other uh, uh, masons, uh, we're doing a, a lemon tea saison, which you know their uh, their business, uh, Alberta Barbecue Collective, is a pop up catering company that focuses on North Carolina barbecue style, and they wanted a beer that tastes like sweet tea um, that you would find down in North Carolina. So we've created a recipe and it's in, uh, it's in uh, development as we speak right now about um, um, with the flavoring you know, we've got it in fermentation tanks. So as soon as we figured it out, we uh, two days, three days later, we, uh, we put her in, uh, started a brew on it to figure out what, uh, what flavor is going to be, but it, Tastes like tastes like sweet lemon tea that you'd find down in the south uh, southern United States. So we're we're excited about that one too. For those uh, for those cats like me, um, like I said, uh, I don't. Uh, I'm not a drinker. My favorite drink though is is a Virgin uh, Caesar. But I've I've heard. What would be your suggestion if uh, I've heard people say, you know, instead of uh, Caesar with with 
vodka, you replace it with beer. Somebody wanted to take that plunge. I'm just curious, what would be the best, what's, what's the best beer to mix uh, into, uh, I think it's called a bloody beer, something like that. What's the best? Well, there's, there's you know, there's a, there's a, a couple of different, you know, beer and clams or a, or a, uh, what is it, a red eye, uh, where they just tomato juice. Most people typically when they're, when they're mixing in that, they, they want a light, clean, crisp lager, right? Uh, as soon as you start adding, tomato juice to something a little bit more heavier, a little bit more full flavored in the malt bill. Um, it just, the, the tomato and the, uh, the nightshade stuff in there, it, it creates different chemical compounds in there that are uh, unpleasing, so to speak. So you want the cleanest, crispest, the tasteless beer you can find, and then add the tomato juice into it uh, type thing. So, you know, go find yourself some Canadian, go find yourself some Bud, go find yourself some Miller, Right, something along those lines, you know, where it's it's there's really it's colored water and there's not a lot of flavor to it, and then you add your beer to it or your uh, your tomato juice to the beer. So, you know, that's my suggestion. If you want to start adding it to craft, yeah, you probably not necessarily the best idea, but you know, there's lots of craft beer out there where you know add a slice of lemon, add a slice of citrus, add some, you know, a little bit of that um, here or there, add. Oh, some peaches or some fruit to it or or other things that change the change the flavor complexity of it so what's your favorite thing to add to uh add to a uh, beer either one of yours or just in general my lips uh. and, <laughs> um it all depends on the, the style so like our lager uh i prefer our lager with a, a slice of lime or you know, some lime slush on the top to create what's called an iceberg um, I enjoy that with our lager. Um, there's some beers that I enjoy with a little squirt of, uh, of orange juice or lemon. Um, uh, there's a brewery here in town called Brewsters that uh, they've got a raspberry beer where they put actual raspberries floating in the, uh, in the beer. So you can have a, a bite of a raspberry to get an explosion of the tartness along with the extra flavors. So like there's, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, normally I just leave it blank to see what, you know, and trust the the brewers um, um, nose and palate to say, hey, this is you know this is a good beer, and away I go. If it's if it requires something afterwards, well then you know it's not not necessarily the best beer, but um, you know uh, one little squirt of, uh, of something into it can change it from one one flavor to a completely different flavor, and you might love it one way or hate it the other way, right? So I should mention, um, you know, here in, in Windsor, we do have a couple of local breweries, which I'd encourage anybody, really, not just in Windsor, but if you can get them ordered and sent, uh, Walkerville Brewery and Chapter 2 Brewing are the two that I know of. Um, and I should say that yourself and Edmonton Lodge inspired me uh, to try a virtual beer tasting here in Windsor uh, with my lodge, which I'm looking forward to doing with using the cheese bar and some local, uh, different local local breweries, and even a brother who brews his own beer. Um, so it was definitely, like I said, it was inspiring night because it's just another thing that I could do to maintain engagement with my lodge. And I think it'd be inspiring to any organization that is struggling to uh, 
um, is struggling to maintain engagement in a virtual kind of virtual setting, which can become monotonous. You know, if it's always the same Zoom meeting over and over again, it can become monotonous. Uh, so if any other groups or organizations in Alberta are interested in, you know, a beer, cheese, meat tasting night or getting in touch with you to see what they can do, uh, I'll leave your contact info in the description to this video. But if you want to shout it out also so yeah. people can know. So you can either email me at jason at ebmco.ca, so ebmco.ca, um, or you can uh, just follow us on Facebook and Instagram at, uh, at Edmonton Brewing, and uh, they'll drop us a direct message there. They'll get us in our inbox. You know, more than happy to chat about, about anything that can help you guys out as well as, as uh, get a, a little bit more notoriety for ourselves. Um, and it, or you just want to sit down and talk about beer and have one. I'm more than open for that too. And is you know for your for I don't know how how beer travels, um, in terms of like if there's uh, like is it uh, do you guys deliver outside of Edmonton? Um, is it possible to like I say like, uh, how far do you deliver out? Does does beer keep if you want to get delivered say very far away that type of thing? So the, the, we start running into um, legislative issues when we get outside of Alberta. Um, I can put it, in, you know, send it anywhere in Alberta, no issues, ends or uh, problems within that, whether we ship it directly, whether it goes through the, uh, the liquor control board here. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want a keg of something, by all means, we can ship it down and, uh, and then get it back through the, uh, through a brewery or through um, through a liquor stores, they'll you know, perfectly fine to do that. Um, but uh, outside of Alberta, it, that becomes a little bit more of a difficult situation because then it's you know classic uh, classic bootlegging happening at that point in time because we're no longer in that uh, situation. But if someone wants to drive into the uh, the borders of Alberta and pick it up or right at the border, we can work stuff around that. So. Um, until we start getting getting into the other control boards, uh, the liquor control boards in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, BC, you know, that type of thing. Until that happens, uh, it's going to be tough to get our product you know, across the board across here and you know down into the states. You know, we're not quite not quite there yet, but there's a possibility. Well, in in fairness, you know, you are talking to a Windsor kid. I guess really I'm a Winnipeg, but uh, Windsor for the last uh, 13, 14 years of my life. So if there's ever a city that is theoretically <laughs> comfortable with bootlegging, it would be uh, Windsor, Ontario and our history with uh, oh. sending, uh, sending illegal liquor across the Detroit River back in the day and Aaron Walker and all that stuff. We have a very long and proud history of bootlegging <laughs> in this city. Yeah, you know, I I've, I've been trying to find ways around uh, around it uh, legally, and they've sewn up most of the most of the holes within. There's some around that are are available, but it's it's tough. Like you know, you know, getting into Saskatchewan, you can get in through Lloyd, right, as a border city. So there's ways around kind of making that happen, but 
Um, you know, I, I want to stay above board, right, across, uh, across it, because the last thing I want to do is have the government say, no, you can't brew beer no more. Right, and then that that's sort of everything. So. So in that yeah. case, to anybody watching this anywhere in Alberta, uh, content information is in the description. Um, I can just say again, from, from experience, it's a great night doing a beer and cheese tasting. Um, it's a great, it's a great idea for a, for a virtual event. And with, you know, provinces, with Alberta being under different restrictive measures, Ontario, it's something to consider, uh, certainly for any organization. Uh, Reach out to your local breweries. There's enough craft breweries in every city out there, right? It, uh, it's, it's kind of been an explosion. So reach out to them and say, hey, we want to use you. We want to put. Uh, we want to put this together, and we want to. We want to know more about about the product, right? We, you know, with uh, with ours, I told everyone about you know the entire profile with what's in it, right? And these guys, you know, the brewers are passionate about their beers. So, you know, you go talk to them and say, hey, you know, I want you to tell me all about the beer. I want you to tell me about the beer. I want you to tell me about the marketing. Why you named it this? Why you did that? Right? You know. Now give me give us a lot of information. You can fill two and a half hours or three hours worth of time super easy if someone's passionate about what their product is. So, you know, it's go talk to them. They're, every single craft brewer out there will be happy to uh, happy to do something like this. Absolutely, and yeah, like like I mentioned uh, here in Windsor, we got uh, Walkerville Brewery, we got Chapter Two. If I'm missing any, uh, I apologize. Or the, the two of which I'm aware, uh, but yeah, we have a lot of great, we have a lot of great local uh, products and services, both breweries, cheese bar, a lot of great, um, a lot of great places to go that can put on events such as this um, and, and where you can get some great products. So with that, thank you so much. I know you're anxious to get your bike back out on the road. Well, it's 22 degrees above here in Edmonton today. So that's uh, and it hasn't been that high in months. <laughs> See, living in Windsor ruined me because I used to know what that means. Because Windsor, right, we're right on the border from uh, Detroit. So now I'm so used to thinking of temperature in uh, the other one, Fahrenheit, Celsius. Yeah, Fahrenheit's the other one. There, there you go. I remember, like when I first moved here, um, I was staying at. Uh, staying in dorms at university and I turned on the radio and they were like, it's 92 degrees or something. And I was like, we're all going to die. I can't be right. But now when I hear 22, I think we're all going to freeze to death. Like that can't yeah. be. It's room temperature outside. And in Edmonton, that means it's shorts weather. So um, yeah, it's, it's nice, right? You know, even if it gets down to around zero for you uh, or 32 or uh, for you guys, right? It's, you know, it's still warmer than zero for you, right? So, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, I'm from Winnipeg too, so I remember the cold. <laughs> People from Windsor don't know. People from Windsor say it's cold when it's really not. Oh, but that said, with the with the Great Lakes there, you know that that cold when it does hit you, it gets you right to the bone, right? We can get wind, but I don't know. I not not to let Windsor off the hook, but I do think. Uh, we don't get it you know it's 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 all right there are places where um 
more like right on the Great Lakes, like uh, Sarnia, Thunder Bay, like those places where they're right on the lake. Like it just. Oh, you just get chilled to the bone, right? That wet cold yeah. is, is ugly. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time. Now that all of Windsor hates me for calling them, calling them wusses. Uh, <laughs> I'll throw in a, uh, a plug for uh, anybody watching this because I, I never do this. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, comment, uh, give me money on Patreon, all that good stuff. Um, Patreon.com slash Square Encompass. Anything you want to do there, I appreciate the support. Follow us on Podbean, all that stuff. And yeah, all the content information for Edmonton Brewing is in the description. Um, move your, let's see, move your head to the, I can never do this. Oh, almost a little bit more. Keep going, keep going. There we go. That's it. Edmonton Brewing and Malting. That's the, uh, that is the logo. Um, thank you so much for your time. And yeah, I wish you all the, the best of luck. And hopefully I'll find myself down in, Edmonton one day and uh, I'll get to check out Edmonton Brewing in person. Sounds great, Ale. First pints on us. <laughs>